Bibles and turn to the book of Micah, chapter 6 and verse 8. If you have any trouble, you just go to Matthew and go back about seven or eight books and, and you will find Micah. Chapter 6, verse 8. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly, Last time I had the opportunity and privilege to stand before you on a Sunday night, we shared this exact verse. And we see three requirements in this verse, and we shared the first one, which is to do justly. We talked about having a life of goodness from this first requirement to, to do good. And we found out that on our own, we can't do good. Just as the Apostle Paul said, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. But good is possible for you and I by way of submission to the Holy Spirit in our lives that we might bear the fruit of the Spirit and to actually be able to do justly. Tonight, we're going to look at the second requirement only that we find right here. And that is to love mercy. Not just to know what mercy is. Not just to acknowledge mercy. It got real interesting to me as I looked into a requirement of the Lord for our lives. Which is to love mercy. Not, not receive mercy necessarily, we receive mercy, but to love it. What does it mean to love it? Well, let's just talk about it tonight, and I, I hope we strike gold here. Um, because we're going to just talk about a couple of things to do with God's mercy. First of all, mercy is an attribute. It's an attribute of God. If you're here tonight and you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are not going to be punished for your sins when you stand before God. And that's because of His mercy. We may be punished by, them, by our sins here because sin has its own built-in punishment. But in eternity, we are not going to be punished for them whatsoever. The 103rd Psalm and the 10th verse says, He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. We do not get what we deserve. Praise God for the God who we have. Every morning, we can be thankful for new mercies. New mercies come to us from heaven, from the Lord every morning, and they never end. The Bible says that God is rich in mercy. 
God withholds judgment from us because of this attribute of mercy from him. In the book of Titus, it says that he has saved us according to his mercy. The justice of God says that sin must be punished. And that's when mercy stepped in. And our punishment went on the precious Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who took our place. Mercy is an attribute of God. Something else about mercy is that mercy is an action. See, mercy is not just about seeing a need. There are those who would would claim to be merciful just because they can detect a need. Just because there's a grieving maybe in their heart over someone and what they're going through. And don't get me wrong, that's a good thing. But that's not how we define mercy in its strictest sense. It's not just about feeling for one another in our time of need. Think about this. What if Jesus would have looked down from glory and and he would have seen our need and he would have felt for us in our need as sinners doomed to hell. But what if that's as far as it went? That wouldn't do us any good. It wouldn't have provided the sacrifice that we needed. It's good to feel for someone, but if it doesn't go beyond feeling, then it is of no good. And I say that tonight because it's important that we get to understanding this requirement to love mercy. It's not mercy if there's no action. We'll define mercy tonight as compassion in action. And Jesus has that. Jesus not only looked upon us and saw our need and felt for our need. Jesus came to where we are. He came to us. We couldn't go to him, but he came to us and he drew us into his house of mercy. And it was by his mercy that he paid the price For our sins. Jesus substituted in our place on that cross. He bore our sins on that tree. The Lord has shown mercy to us. The Lord has shown mercy for everyone in this world. No one lives a life on this earth without having access to mercy. Without having an invitation to The mercy of God. It is for everyone. Jesus Christ has to be refused. And he has to be rejected. For someone not to experience his mercy in their lives. He has extended it to all. And offered it to everyone. He suffered to be merciful to you and I. He put he put this compassion that he had for us into action. He has shown mercy to us. The cross at Calvary is proof. It is the evidence 
of the mercy that Jesus has extended to you and I. He did not give us what we deserve, yet went to the cross and took what we deserve upon himself. He extended himself for us so God could withhold our judgment and put it on his son. And that has set you and I free in the Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that you have a God who is merciful? He, he loves mercy. God loves to extend mercy. He loves to give mercy. He loves for his mercy to be known by anyone who will come to him. We've been saved and we will not suffer the penalty of sin. And we're going to go to heaven because of mercy. But we're not in heaven yet. We're here upon this earth. Witnesses of this mercy. We have benefited from this mercy. We rejoice and we have new mercies every day because of God. So until mercy does take us to heaven, God has many things for us to do. God wants us to serve him. But he doesn't only want us to serve him. That might be someone's answer. What, what are you left on this earth to do? Well, to serve him. And that would be a right answer. Someone might say, well, I've been left on this earth to love God. And that would be a right answer too. But we're not just here only to love God. Well, and others might say, well, we're here to know more about Jesus. We need to learn more about Jesus. And don't we ever need to learn more about him? But that's not the only reason why we're here. We're here to love mercy. We're required while we're here to love mercy. So let me say this tonight, that mercy is within our ability. We know this because the Lord requires it of us. And he is not unfair. Anything that he requires of us to do, he enables us to do. And we are to love Mercy. It's within our ability to love mercy and loving mercy is going to involve you and I showing and giving mercy. It's a requirement of the Lord to love mercy in the Beatitudes. Jesus says, blessed are the merciful. Happy are you. Content are you. Fulfilled is your life. If you are merciful, complete are you. That's, that's what a lot of people are missing. There's a completeness that comes from extending the mercy that God has extended to us. There are a lot of people who profess the merciful Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior but are not known for showing mercy to others. And that's a concern. And that calls you and I to a self-examination to see if we really have been saved according to his mercy, as Titus says, to see if we really have come to faith in Jesus Christ. Because how 
can we who have received this mercy, received the compassion of our blessed Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ in action and then not show it to others, not have a heart to show it to others, not have a conviction that that is to be our response to someone else. It is required of God's people to love mercy. How can those who have received the mercy of God not show it? You know, there, there are many there are many in this world who would fit that description. There are many that just don't. Many say they feel for another. But we already understand that feeling doesn't give proof. Feeling doesn't give proof of this mercy in our lives. Action does. If there's the acknowledgement, there's the awareness of a need. And even if there's the feeling for another in that need. But if it stops there, we shouldn't call it mercy. Because it's not complete. It's not what God has defined for us. It's not what God has done for us. Because he met our need. Jesus Christ is compassion in action. It's hard not to go to Luke chapter 10 as we consider this subject and think about something that we're all familiar with. And that is the good Samaritan. Here was a man who had been stripped He had been beaten and he had been left half dead. Humanity was left lying there in the road in great need. And a very religious man, a priest came upon him and passed him up. And then on the other side, you know, you had another. You had a Levite that came up and he just passed by him on the other side. And then you had the good Samaritan. And the Bible says he came up and he saw him. But it can't stop there. And it didn't. He didn't just see him. But the Bible says he had compassion upon this man. He treated his wounds. He quit riding his own animal to give the beaten man an easier way of travel, and he put him upon his animal. And then he went to get him treated in even in a better way. And he paid for it. And he said, whatever else he needs, give him the works, and I will take care of it. He had compassion that was moved into action. And Jesus asks after this, which was neighbor to this beaten, stripped man? And the answer was, he that showed mercy upon him. And Jesus says, go and do thou likewise. There were a lot of differences in the people involved in that scenario. Because there were those Who pounded the man. And then there were those. Who passed the man. And then there was the one who picked up the man. 
He picked him up. And he took care of him. And Jesus Christ. Reached down to you and I. And he lifted us. Out of the miry clay. And he set our feet upon a rock. And he established our goings. He has moved with compassion. Upon all our lives. When we are being merciful, we are being like the Lord Jesus. We are pleasing the Lord and we are doing what only we can do by being saved according to His mercy. The lost can't do this. There are lost religious people that would do a deed, something like that, and offer it to God. But it's a lot different. Whenever we have received his mercy and his mercy is working through us. That's what is approved by God. That's what is pleasing to God. That's what is acceptable to God. That's what's required of us. That we be like our Lord who has saved us and come to live within us. That he might consume us. That he might influence our lives. The Bible says we're to be followers of God. Imitators, if you will. Imitators is said in a negative in a negative sense many ways, but it's positive when you think of us being children of God. It's a genuine, sincere following of our Lord when we're imitators of our Lord. God delights in mercy. God delights in showing you and I mercy. That's what he wants to do. And God delights when his children, who he has given mercy to, show mercy to others. Wow. It's seeing the need. It's being moved by the need. And it is not mercy. It is not complete until it's meeting the need. And God gives us those seasons. God gives us those occasions to be like him and to move into action in behalf of others, in consideration of others, in considering others above ourselves, an inconvenience to us to make something convenient and helpful to someone else. That's not what the world says. The world says what's mine is mine and what's yours, I'm trying to get it. And we're called to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. To be influenced, led by the Holy Spirit of God. To be opposite of this world. To show the world that we are someone different. A peculiar people to God. The merciful says, what's mine is yours. No matter who it is, no matter what the situation is. I don't mean to to think about things when I'm when I'm studying and and thinking about preaching. But just just to be clear on it all, it might be easier in some instances than others. To walk by someone 
and, and to know the innocence of a situation on their part. And they've been taken advantage of. The good Samaritan was merciful to that beaten man. How about those who beat him? Because the mercy that Jesus extended was to everyone on the cross. Merciful to all. Merciful to those who have wronged us. I mean love and mercy. The requirement of the Lord to love mercy. To meet the need. We're to hold back judgment and give mercy just as the Lord did to all. To meet that need, to see, to feel, to meet that need. I told a story a while back on a Wednesday night. Kind of took me back some years. I don't, I don't think of my past a whole lot, especially in my teenage years and things I went through. And someone might have thought I was having a pity party on that Wednesday night. I talked about being a teenager and taken off to East Texas where I didn't know a soul. And the city slicker was up in East Texas going to school. And I just didn't click with anyone. Some of you Remember the story, Atlanta Rabbits, big bad band from Rabbit Land. I'm, I am in shock up in East Texas. But what, what's worse is that I just knew I wasn't going to connect with anyone when I went to school the next, the following morning. I, I just knew it was going to happen. But, and I don't think of my past a lot, and I forgot something in that story. Man, you probably felt really sorry for me, I guess. That wasn't the intention, but I forgot something. I forgot a young man named Jay Ayler. I remember his name now. Maybe that makes up for something. Because he obviously saw what I was going through. And he felt... And he took me in to befriend me, one, one person. He took me to a Christian concert a couple of cities away. We're driving for over an hour. And I don't know why it's such a fog to me, I guess because I had no background in the Lord. But I think he was telling me about the Lord Jesus in one way or another. And he took me to a Christian concert. I thought it was really weird but I think I was the weird one. I might have been the only unsaved one there. I don't know. It was weird because of my condition. O.J. Ayler. He saw, he, he saw the need and he felt and he moved. When no one else around would, he did. He hung out with a city slicker there that was new and and dangerous and different. Everybody in town knew each other. Every family knew each other. But no one knew me. And no one would reach out. But Jay did. All by himself. To meet my need. I, I think back on it. After I told the story that one Wednesday night. I, I thought back and I was like ouch. I was rejected. But when I thought of Jay. I got to feeling a little better. And look what happened there. Who knows what seed Jay planted. And 16 years later, I was saved. Wow, how are we doing in this requirement of the Lord? A lot of us are doing great. 
you know, and we, we just needed a little refreshing. But for, but for someone, there, there may be some examination for myself or, or you here tonight on, on loving mercy, this requirement of the Lord in our lives daily, no matter what season we're in, no matter what condition we're in, no matter how we've been treated by others, no matter what has befallen our life. There's no excusing away discipleship. And that's going to be loving mercy. Are we loving mercy? We all can have a need tonight to be a little less critical and a little more caring. From less talk and less feeling for another and more action. And when we do, fulfilled are we. But if you're here tonight and you have never believed on the one who moved to compassion in your place, and he went to your cross, your crucifixion for your sins, and took it upon himself. If you have never received the merciful Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, we pray you would trust him tonight. Because if there's someone here unsaved tonight, you may recall a time, hey, I've done this. I have done something for someone else. Again, it's not about doing something for God. It's the Lord moving and working through you. Not that you're looking to get credit for God with this, but that you're thanking Him because of the mercy He has shown to you and that love He has put into you so that you would actually be able to love mercy. And to extend it to someone else. You can't do that until you're saved. Until you're saved according to the mercy of the Lord. Would you place your faith in him tonight? If you have not done so. We hope you'll be saved tonight. It's, and it's not about you presenting yourself a little better. It's not about you hesitating and saying I'm just not ready. You understand the Lord's mercy is not giving us what we deserve. It's he doesn't give us what we deserve, but he'll give you freedom. He'll give you grace. He'll give you his gift, his pardon from all of your sins. If you will simply come to him tonight. A merciful God created you and loves you. And he gave his mercy on the cross for your sins. So I don't know what the Lord might have you to do tonight. Child of God, maybe you were like me during the thoughts of this message and realizing that that we need to show more mercy, that we need to love mercy. Or maybe you've never known it. You can tonight. If you would trust Jesus as your Savior, could we all bow to the Lord in a word of prayer so that you can do business with God this evening? Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you tonight. We thank you for your goodness, your holiness, Father. 
We thank you for your mercy that you have shown to us. Lord, we know that we are not earning anything with you by merit. Lord, we know we do not deserve your goodness. We know what we deserve, but you don't give us what we deserve. Instead, you moved into action on that cruel cross and you took our place. I thank you that you've regenerated your people. You've quickened us by your spirit. And when we submit to you, we can live a life pleasing to you. We can love mercy. And evidence can come from our lives as a result. We thank you for what you've done with the clay. That you didn't throw it out. But you are molding us. And you are making us to be more like your son. Thank you for the mercy of your son Jesus. And we pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. If you would all please stand. 434.